the weather outside is frightful And the fire is so delightful Since I have no place to go Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow Oh, hey guys. Sorry, you kind of caught me off guard. I'm sorry, I just really love Christmas. It's like a just a beautiful, cold, sexy time of year when I get to give everyone gifts. And seeing how this is the last episode before Christmas, I have a gift for you all. That's right. It's another awesome episode of your favorite video game podcast. In this Mythfield action-smashed episode of Video Game Mythos, we'll be doing a deep dive into some pure fan-based lore surrounding one of Nintendo's most popular franchises. Now, since it is Christmas, Ryan and I have been delivering you all the gift of lore, stories, and crazy out-of-the-blue theories for a few months now. I am just in a giving spirit. Call me fucking Santa Claus, because the gifts just don't stop coming. When you listen to this episode, if you like us on Facebook, if you leave us a review on iTunes, if you leave us a recommendation on your social media, if you share our episodes out, we will see it and I'm going to be giving out Steam keys. Again, for those of you who don't know, Steam is a client for PC gaming. So if you have a computer and you love games, help us out because I have some sweet games to give you. And look at me, good guy Claus over here, just giving everything away because I love you, listener. You are beautiful. And speaking of giving gifts, not only are we giving away games, not only are we giving you so much sweet content about video game backstories, but we also have so much more content out there for you to hear. 13 Palm Trees works hard to deliver tons of good content all from one place. Our humble little studio. We have other great podcasts such as D&D Kinda, where I dungeon master for my co-host Ryan and some other dudes in a custom horror comedy campaign. Shit is getting wild, so jump in in the beginning and get caught up now. We also have Wasted Local Talent, which is a podcast dedicated to exposing some of the awesome bands and businesses tucked away in the rolling hills of Fallout 76. I mean, West Virginia. Sorry, I've been playing too much Fallout. And last but not least, check out Gurus of Gaming. If you like video games, which if you're listening, chances are you do, Gurus is a show where we discuss gaming news and our views and opinions on what is going on in the video game world. Weekly topics and discussions keep things fresh, so check it out. All of our podcasts can be found by searching up 13 Palm Trees on your favorite podcast application. If you have one that doesn't show up, other than Stitcher because they cost too much to display on, let us know and we will do our best to get our content to your favorite platform. Last but not least, our studio has been newly renovated and is ready to hear your beautiful voice. If you have a podcast idea you want to get out into the world, let us know. We want to help. Get a hold of us at info at 13palmtrees.com and let's talk because you are the next big hit in the podcasting business. And now let's take a step back into your childhood and let's talk about the smash hit video game series that lets everyone live out their wildest fantasies with their favorite video game characters, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Okay, stop the music. Stop the music. All right, maybe not your wildest fantasy, perverts. Just your crossover fighting video game ones. It's not that good of a Christmas. All right, cue the music again. Do you remember being a kid and getting home from being out with mom and dad? 
or getting home from school or wherever you were and rushing into your bedroom or wherever your toys were and grabbing your favorite toy and then immediately start playing. It was like your imagination had already crafted the perfect scenario. And as soon as that toy hit your hand, you were lost in a crazy world of good versus evil that your brilliant little mind concocted. Remember all the crazy imaginary things that you would think up? Like your hands being boulders or your other toys being the bad guys, your parents or your siblings being the quote unquote player two. Well, in 1999, Nintendo, the masters of capitalizing on nostalgia, released a little game called Super Smash Brothers. In the beginning, this game had all the hype as it released along with one of the best promotional commercials ever, featuring music by the Turtles, where Mario and Pikachu and Yoshi and Donkey Kong were strolling through a nice green pasture, singing together until one of them just happened to trip. But then they started to hit each other and punch each other and just beat the ever-living crap out of each other. This was a sensation that drove everyone absolutely wild. And this little game was Super Smash Brothers. So the reason I ask you this and the reason I hearken back to where you remember playing as a kid is that when this, when you first pop this game into your Nintendo 64, the first scene that you see is Yoshi being lifted out of a box, his little plush toy, and these hands started to make little characters fight. There we moved into the game. All-out brawl of Nintendo characters. So there have been five total games in this franchise. Started with Super Smash Brothers in 99, Melee on the GameCube in 2001, Brawl on the Wii in 2008, the Wii U version in 2014, which was teamed with a 3DS release, and Ultimate, which released on the Switch in 2018 in December. So today, I have brought someone with me. Someone who probably has just as much love for the Smash Brothers franchise as I do. And that person's name is Roger Harper. Roger, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. So I'm sitting in the studio and I'm like, it's time for Gurus of Gaming. And then you come downstairs like, hey, video game mythos. It's like the exact opposite of what happened with Ryan two weeks ago. Yeah, he crashed you. This time you crashed me. So with this game, Roger, I've, the reason I brought you here is because I wanted to just drop some knowledge bombs on your face. So with there being five total franchise games, six total Smash Brothers games, I just learned the other day, and I don't know if you knew this, what the Smash Brothers logo actually means. Pretty neat. They actually just unveiled this like three days ago. I saw the article, but I hadn't read it yet. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, kind of helps some things up because I've always wondered what this floating ball with this cross kind of thing in the bottom right-hand corner is. So this it's the same circle with two lines flowing through it. It's been the same logo since the Nintendo 64 original. The two intersecting lines are a nod to the many franchise crossovers presented in Smash Brothers. The intersection also has the effect of slicing the circle into four sections representing the original Smash Brothers four-person multiplayer, which still is a staple of each game as it's moved forward. It also focuses on the expansion beyond that, which we'll touch here on in a little bit. But Smash's crossover aspect has also exploded since the first release, which had only 12 characters from 10 different Nintendo franchises, 
and Ultimate, which is the latest, features 74 characters from 33 different franchises, and many of which are not even Nintendo series. Which is crazy to me. It is. It is. So, I mean, the fact that they were able to get, like, Solid Snake. Who, and, by the way, hasn't been on a Nintendo game since uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes on the GameCube. Wow. That is a long... <laughs> it's been a long time ago since that game released. Other than, obviously, the Wii version of Smash Brothers. Correct. And, well, also on the 3DS, there was a port of... Uh, a 3D port of Metal Gear Solid 3. So, he has... I guess he has been since then. But still, it's been a while. Yeah, but those, I mean, those aren't real games, let's face it. I mean, they're they're real games, but uh, 3DS games and DS games of, like, things like Metal Gear Solid feel more like cash grabs than they do, you know, actual full-fledged games. So um, so that kind of gives you a little bit of backstory on the logo, but I want to touch on a lot of the lore of this game. So some people get, and a lot of people actually understand the beginning part of this, but the, the rear end of this... Uh, this theory is what really spawned my interest in this episode. So a lot of people just sum up the idea of Smash Brothers and the stories that are within as just a random story they put together to give something that's fun for the player. But I like to think that that's for closed-minded people. If you play a game, try crafting your own story. Exactly. That's what these fun uh, little things, the subspace emissary and the light world and ultimate and all that kind of stuff is meant to be. They sure don't do that in Fortnite. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Check out episode five, Fortnite. <laughs> um, so the main theory I wanted to focus on today is hearkening back to the introduction where we remember being a little kid and having a favorite toy. And then the introduction of the first Smash Brothers focuses on this this, the idea that there's a toy and the kid starts playing with it. So a lot of people seem to surmise that the master hand or the main antagonist in the Smash Brothers mythos is actually the child who was playing with these plush toys. Just kind of neat because you it's like it's super innocent. Not to mention, you know, how old were you when the first Smash Brothers came out? I was only nine. I was 14 so, in I mean, 1999. So. And it was still probably one of your favorite games at I the loved time. the game. I remember I was on vacation with my parents. We were, um, I can't remember where we were exactly. I think we may have been, uh, if we were, I think we were in New York possibly. And on the way back, we stopped at, uh, my dad was, he's military retired. And on the way back, we stopped at one of the uh, military installments and went into the exchange store. And my dad's like, you know what? Why don't you go over there and pick out a couple of video games? So I went over there, I was looking around, and I got I got Siphon Filter. But I also got another game that was called Super Smash Brothers. Life-changing. Life-changing event. Yeah, I mean, and I say that because, like, even to this day, I mean, we were so pumped for Ultimate to come out. And I know I didn't know you when you were 14. Thank God you didn't know me when I was nine. But, like, I would venture to say that those are the games that have, like, shaped the, my taste in games and shaped the way that I, have, I play video games today. Oh, definitely. Me too. So, moving on with this theory. So, the tending to the same thing that the Master Hand being the same antagonist, or the antagonist in the games is actually a child who's playing with these plush toys. When the game moves into Melee, it takes a step further. And instead of them being plush toys, that's whenever you start collecting these trophies. So a lot of people seem to take on to the theory that instead of this step just being another thing that you collect in the game, it signified the maturity of the child, moving on from these plush toys to these trophies, something that would 
probably cost a little bit more money, yeah. but have to take better care of in order to actually play with them. And it was like a mix between it being an actual toy and a collectible. So it kind of instilled the idea that the the child, quote unquote, that was playing with these is grown up or matured in his tastes. So something that was really interesting, whenever you take that into consideration, is that when you move from the, the uh, GameCube version, where this takes place, into the Wii version, where you, ha- uh, you no longer have the master hand and the crazy hand, which let's touch on the crazy hand really quick. There's a couple different theories surrounding the crazy hand. So the crazy hand, a lot of people seem to think, well, that's just his, uh, the other hand that he's using to make the, his, his imagination of what these games are more entertaining. Um, his, his personal playtime just more entertaining and more fun. But the other theory is that since he's more mature and he's playing with these, he needs something else. So it's a younger brother or younger sister or sibling that doesn't quite know how to how to play with the it's toys yet. That's crazy and not master. Yeah, exactly. It is a it is the crazy hand. It is undefined. It is wild. It doesn't know what it's doing, which is why you'll see the hands like slap together or you'll see them occasionally doing stuff together and then it'll seem like they're on two completely different patterns. Maybe it's the girlfriend who doesn't appreciate his things. I mean, it really it really like kind of cements that theory, the fact that either one He's, he's trying to introduce a new element into his quote-unquote fantasy game world. Or two, it's legitimately trying to teach a younger sibling or something how to play, and they just aren't up to the challenge. So when you move from that game with the crazy hand into uh, the Wii version of Super Smash Brothers, which is Brawl, they introduce a new villain, which is Taboo. So Taboo is theorized that it is the child's mind maturing which no longer sees these trophies as something that they love. No longer sees these trophies as things they can play with. They look at them as mere objects. And some speculate that the child is now a teenager. And what Taboo represents is society telling that teenager they're not allowed to play with toys anymore because these things are considered childish. The teenager did eventually conquer what society thinks as at the end of that subspace emissary, the characters, or in this case the toys and the teenager, defeats Taboo and everything was good until the teenage grew teenager grew into an adult and got a new job or something like that. So, which is kind of interesting because when you think about the subspace emissary and the fight between Taboo and the player, Taboo is like this, it's this humanoid creature. So like as they're coming into adulthood, they're blossoming into someone new. They're going through adolescence and they're they're more of a more of a defined human so they think that about themselves so they think we're gonna leave our childhood with we're gonna defeat who we were as children we're gonna move on from this exactly so whenever you think about your childhood dying that's something that you'd want to fight for so your childhood is breaking its way back out which kudos to nintendo because i like to think this is really what they meant the story to be i think it would be brilliant if that was uh nintendo's whole mindset going through this series i 100 percent agree more than what it actually appears on the outside exactly and it's really sad too and what what's i i think is so beautiful about this theory is that whenever you defeat taboo it's not just a straight up you beat him and you see sonic who 
and I think it's so iconic that they chose Sonic was be- <laughs> iconic in Sonic. Uh, I think it's iconic that they they chose Sonic to be the one that came in and cripples cripples this person because it's another it's an external franchise. That it's something can't. that's not there before. It's Sonic and Mario. Exactly. These two it's things. The battle of the 90s. Who's better, Mario or Sonic? And you get in these arguments. Mario's going to kill Sonic. Sonic's going to kill Mario. And then you get Super Smash Bros. Exactly. And you get to live out that battle. Yep. As many times as you want. And what I think is so cool about this, Mario and his team fighting this thing, fighting for the childhood, fighting for the this person to hold to on, on to their nostalgia. Left. What sweeps in to save the day? Another piece of your childhood swings in and cripples this piece of your adulthood that is trying to grip you away from the things that you loved as a child and literally saves the day, leading to Mario and his team of Nintendo nostalgia moving in and delivering the final blow to Taboo. Isn't that like, that's deep. That's deep as hell. It almost brings a tear to my eye. (laughs) No, it's crazy. But it doesn't stop there. So now we move into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. The teenager is now an adult. And the setting of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, during the Nintendo Direct, we were shown a story mode known as the World of Light, where this winged creature named Galeem which I don't even know. It's like a winged creature. It's almost like a winged ball of light. It's weird. Uh, Looks straight out of a Capcom game. It it does. Uh, Turns all the characters except for Kirby into stone. Luckily, he was able to escape. But this got me thinking. Galeem could represent adulthood. So if we look at Taboo and what it represented, it makes sense if it is similar to Taboo. As some people will find out, or some people may already know, Adulthood will bring hardships into our lives, and it may not always be fun. And much like society, they think that toys are childish. So think about it. Taboo turns every character to stone, much like Galeem, other than Kirby, obviously. But here, where things are different, and also in the Nintendo Direct, it looks like the characters were turned to stone, and clones into copies of said spirits would take control of them and turned into evil. Now, that might be something that's against the whole adulthood theory, but I could see it as society coming back for another round in the whole toys are just children and throwing all their hardships of life at the adult. Or it could be the adult's parents threw away their toys or the adult threw away the toys except for Kirby hanging on to one final piece of their childhood and the hardships of society coming to greet the adult in the form of their thrown away toys in the adult imagination. And now the adult must take that last piece of their childhood that they're hanging on to and conquer their struggles of adulthood. And as they do, it bring back, brings back those final pieces of their childhood and the things that they discarded, realizing just how important those things were to their character, to what really made them who they were. God, it is, it is so deep. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is the deepest, most realistic video game ever created. That is, like, it is super, super sad. Smash super emotional. life. I agree with that. So, I wanted to talk to you, Roger. Because I know how important Super Smash Brothers franchise is to you. And to me, like, this story really resonated. And I know I... 
my first Smash Brothers game wasn't until Melee, but I did go back and play the original often, actually. Um, how does how do you find this story relates to you? How do you find? Do you think this is an accurate representation of Smash Brothers, or do you? Because I, to me, it lines up perfectly. It, it does make sense. You know, I, I think about myself growing up, and I'm always like, no matter how hard life gets, and no matter how stressful things are, and you know where I am, I'm always like grasping at straws to my childhood, and that's what video games do for me. You know, video games. That's I grew up. I was an only child. I know you had two brothers and two sisters, so you didn't get to experience life the way I did when I was growing up. You know, only child. Dad works full time, so and a lot of times the way I would bond with my dad was playing video games, and I, I knew that was my way of de-stressing. So when life gets rough, you look at those games, and you look at things like Galeem. Galeem is stress. Man, God, like I just got cold chills listening to you talk. I mean, like, and it goes to, like, and it's not just Super Smash Brothers. I mean, I look at the time I spent with. Metroid growing up and the time I spent oh, with yeah. the Legend of Zelda franchise and the games that mean the most to me I can definitively attribute a stressful time in my life where I would just be so mad or so upset about something and I could definitively come home pop that game into my console and I could just sink myself into this world and it wasn't about shutting out my problems it was about taking my problems and making them someone else's like I could physically melt away into that and my problems would go away because I realized they're not important and what is important is what those problems made me what what I learned from my stress what I learned from my issues I'm going to dive deep on this subject particularly it was December of 2003 and um, this was a really rough time in my life at the beginning of December of 2003 my cousin who was an extremely close friend of mine I was 18 years old she was 17 she was killed in a car wreck and it was the first time in my entire life where somebody I was extremely close to had passed that I was actually old enough to understand what was going on. And I can remember the day after she died, my copy of the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition for the GameCube came in the mail. And the thing that kept me occupied, kept my mind off of everything that I would sit down and do just to occupy myself was sitting down and I played Zelda 2 of all games. The one that I hadn't beat growing up. And I let it challenge me, and I took my frustration out on that challenge, and I beat that game for the first time within that month. And to this day, I remember how that game kept me. And even though I, I had my moments and I was upset, and I had a hard time getting through those several weeks and months and a long time, it was video games that helped me push through. And that one in particular, just because it was at that exact time. And I think it's incredible that we discover this story and we bring this to light in the holidays of all times of year. And we hear how not only is it a video game, but it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo, exactly. the ones that captured this moment for us and made us realize that you hang on to the things that are important to you. It doesn't matter what people think, whether they're childish. It doesn't matter what people think is important. It is truly what you think is important. It is truly how you perceive things, how they make you feel, and how you can learn and how you can grow from them. So this holiday season, our gift to you is to cherish the moments that you have with your family, with your friends, 
and take those experiences and grow from them. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to, to hearken back to your childhood. Go back to the things in life that are just simpler. Have fun. Enjoy life. Enjoy everything about life. Don't be afraid to put your past away. I agree. Roger, it has been an absolute pleasure. It has. With you being here with me today. In a world full of gleams, be a Kirby. Yes. In a world full of gleams, be a Kirby. Don't let stress conquer you. Don't let life get in the way. Remember that you can always turn to the little pink ball who is never going to give you up. And he's never going to let you down. He's never going to turn around. And desert you. Everyone, thank you for listening to Video Game Mythos. You just got Rick rolled. Have a good holiday season. <laughs>